Welcome everyone to this bonus episode of Reds Unrestricted. I'm your host, David Comerford, and I'm joined by Dan Club to react to the news that Liverpool have pulled out of the race to sign Jude Bellingham. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So last night, virtually every reliable Liverpool journalist reported that the club have decided not to pursue a deal for Bellingham this summer. Obviously, this is a player who we've been linked with sort of going back to last summer and beyond build as the top target for this window for a long, long time. Um, obviously, fans very, very excited about that prospect as well. But those reports yesterday certainly suggested that there'd been a briefing from the club, given the, just the volume of reports and how they were all sort of uh, coincidental. Um, briefing from the club that Liverpool had walked away. The explanation was that with so much work to do on the squad in light of how much Liverpool have struggled this season, it's not seen as prudent to spend such a, a kind of a big proportion of the budget on just one player who will cost in the region of 130 million. And with that in mind, Liverpool will be moving on to other targets. Um, and the other, only other thing to say in terms of kind of getting the key information out there before we get into it is that this doesn't seem to be against Jurgen Klopp's wishes. I did wonder at the time whether Klopp might be a bit annoyed about this. We've we've heard him talk publicly about Bellingham, which we never, ever hear him do. Uh, but no, he seems to read that this is the best approach for Liverpool. So, Dan, last night I um, I didn't... I, I was busy, so I didn't check the Man City score until the game was over. I didn't check my phone at all. So then I turn on, I turn on my um, notifications again at uh, about half past 10, 11, and I see that City have been buying 3-0, and more importantly... Um, that this whole Bellingham thing has, has basically collapsed and, and um, I'm falling apart now. So, so that was a um, a, a lovely little <laughs> double blow. Um, but yeah, so just your just your initial reaction to to the news, basically. Yeah, I, I was in a slightly different boat than you, how I received the news. So I started playing five aside about 15 minutes after Jan Argafjortoft had said that Liverpool had made an offer. So I went into my game of footy on top of the world thinking, oh, Bellingham is done, it's happening, happy days. Finished said game of footy and then turned my phone sort of back on, went back on it. And the first thing I seen was James Pierce playing down the talks and playing down the offer and playing down the Bellingham. So I thought, OK, that's fine. And then it quickly became apparent that Paul Joyce had also tweeted to say it wasn't happening. Neil Jones, Chris Bascom, et cetera, et cetera. So that was how I found out. And my, I'm gutted. I am absolutely gutted. Like, and when you sort of look at it in the cold light of day and you sort of the explanations you've just alluded to there, along with the fact that I spoke to Ian Doyle earlier on today and he basically said that Liverpool are desperate to get the business done early like they like to do generally. And there was a concern that the Bellingham stuff could run relatively deep into the summer. So they didn't want to be a part of that either. So when you sort of hear the explanation, it does start to make sense. However, the other side of that is Liverpool have waited two, possibly even three years for this Jude Bellingham kid. Like They wanted him before he went to Dortmund. He is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And... Moreover, I wanted him at Liverpool so, so badly. He is brilliant. And I haven't given up all hope that he will become a Liverpool player. Not this summer, by the way. But I haven't given up all hope. But I was gutted I was because even though, like I allude to, I think the strategy of getting like two or three, four players is probably a a better one because we need it. However, it's Jude Bellingham, mate. Exactly. 
I think you, you've summed it up really well because I, I you know, we all, we've all sort of fallen in love with, with Bellingham from watching him. He is a, a talent that I don't think we, we've seen really, um, certainly in this generation, maybe even the generation before that as well. And I think we all allowed ourselves to think about a future with Bellingham involved. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about, you know, maybe that day in the summer when, you know, Bellingham's there at the, the AXA training centre, you know, in, in all his LFC gear and things like that. And I think, you know, that, that would have been sort of an amazing day. Mm. Um, and obviously it, it, it kind of felt right. It felt like, you know, he was sort of this almost Gerard success, you know, he's someone that he, he, he idolised and it just felt like it was a marriage that, that was meant to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think obviously there was noise a few weeks back that it, we were unlikely, but then there was kind of, yeah. you know, some journalists pushed back and said, well, no, Liverpool are just going to try and make sure that they don't get into a bit of more. Um, but now, obviously, this is sort of the, the real nail in the coffin, I suppose, certainly for this summer, like you say, Dan. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that bid um, or, or the reported bid. Mm-hmm. You, you, you wonder, I think the journalist himself who who, uh, who made that report said that he, he wonders if, Liverpool's offer was was quite low. Dortmund was like, no, this is the actual money you're going to have to pay. And then Liverpool were like, okay, we, we can't do that. Um, and that may well have been what happened. Um, and the point you make about business being done early, I think is interesting too, because I think the thing that would have dragged the Bellingham saga on wouldn't have been a bidding war. I think it would have been Liverpool, you know, whoever they have in charge of negotiations there for weeks trying to, you know, thrash out one of those kind of masterclass deals and Dortmund just saying, well, no, you're not going to be able to do that. Mm. I think that would have been the delay. Um, but huge pressure now on the club, obviously, to not only get the right players in, and we'll talk about who those players might be um, in a bit, um, but also to get that business done early, I suppose, given that this is is part of the rationale. But let's just pick up on um, what you said at the end there. Why do you think this is the better approach for Liverpool in, like you say, in the cold light of day? And also, have your thoughts on FSG changed at all in light of this news? Given, like you said, that there was a big emphasis last summer on waiting for Bellingham, a deal that now won't be done. Yeah, I think my thoughts on FSG have altered ever so slightly on the back of this because it's another example of Liverpool not having their ducks in a row when it comes to their transfer policy. Like, we were so brilliant at it for so long, yet the last 12 months, I think I'm probably fair in saying, we've been some glaring errors. Don't get me wrong, we've got stuff right in that time as well. Darwin Nunes, Cody Gakpo, both examples of us getting it right in the market. However, when it comes to the midfield department especially, we've... We've messed up, quite frankly. We, we have. We've messed up badly. Shua many, then go and sign an Arsenello. And now this Jude Bellingham thing. Because for me, when it comes to like whether it's the right strategy if your budget is 160 million. Let's just pluck that yeah. figure out. I know. If your budget is 160 million pounds, the right strategy isn't signing Jude Bellingham and then a 30 million pound footballer yeah. because that's not enough. However, if your budget, and I was hopeful, I don't know why, but I was hopeful the budget might be more like 300, 350 million pounds for the summer, which is what I believe we needed, by the way, because then you can get Bellingham plus everything else that you need. So that, 
that's why it's the right decision. There's the right decision for all the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Because the right decision, because it seems like, in that case, that the budget just isn't there to have the summer that we require. The budget isn't there to facilitate the signing of Jude Bellingham. And that's a problem in itself, um, in my opinion. But when it comes to FSG, I don't know why I expect anything different, quite frankly. They've been very good owners for the most part. Let's let's have it right. I'm not going to sit here and slide, but they have been. They've made the mistakes along the way. But there was something in me that just said they were going to splash the cash this summer. There mm. was, because I felt like we had to. I felt like everyone recognises that we had to. And it seemed as though even non-football-loving FSG had to see that something drastic had to change. However, it looks like it's going to be business as usual because a budget in the ballpark figure that I'm mentioning isn't that much money when you consider what we haven't done in recent years. Like, And when you consider sort of the revenues we're generating now as well, if it is a £160 million budget, given the players that were getting off the wage books, that's not huge, that. So it's business as usual when it comes to FSG. And I will also caveat by, that by saying... They are clearly in the market for investors. And mm. there might have been hope yeah. weeks, a couple of months ago, that we might have some investment in place by the summer, which could have changed this entire picture. That's not happened, and maybe that has also played a part. Yeah, I didn't actually think about that, but but that could definitely be the case. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned this kind of budget, and I, I agree that it probably is like a, a 150, kind of 160 sort of budget. That That's the sort of budget you'd get year on year for sort of the clubs of Liverpool are trying to compete with for the biggest trophies would just have that budget as sort of a, a normal one. With Liverpool, it's like, that's your budget to repair your squad. That's your sort of budget for your massive window. And that is an issue. And I also think, I looked at it earlier, you know, Chelsea are one of the clubs mooted to be in the race for Bellingham. Um, you know, still, they're on course to finish in the bottom half of the Premier League. It, surely that would obviously show the the flaws in the FSG model if another club who's had a very similar season um is kind of willing to to do the deal when it, you know Chelsea itself you know have um have other issues to address much like Liverpool do with probably number nine being the big one and and maybe Todd Bowley isn't the best example of sort of how to run a football club but I suppose it does kind of um show you I mean you had you know last year Man United were a Europa League club but look how ambitious they were um in the transfer market um and obviously it's within the constraints of the model, but this model's obviously being shown up to be an issue, and maybe that is why um, you need the investment. Um, I think the problem with this is, and I did, I did think about it a few weeks back, exactly along the lines of what you said. I put a poll on my Twitter account where I was like, if you've got 150 million, would you have 350 millions or a 120 and a 30? Mm-hmm. And my heart said, give me Bellingham. You know, I want, I, I'm desperate to see Bellingham and Liverpool shares, but my head is telling me, now and I think it might have told you later that the better approach is to get sort of the three quality players really. Mm-hmm. Um to be fair. The problem is, like like you alluded to, last summer we waited, we didn't do anything. We've sacrificed a season for a player that we're not basically gonna get. Yeah. It is is the long and short of it. Um so for me it's more about the timing and the planning. Not the the final outcome is okay. It's the steps that have been taken to get us to this point, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does obviously put the club under huge pressure. I mean, the thing that encourages me about it is I was worried that Liverpool, given that limited budget, were basically going to look at it and say, Bellingham is our Van Dyke for midfield. He's our Allison for midfield. 
you put him in there, he's going to fix everything, basically. Mm-hmm. And he, he wouldn't have done that. He's a special player, but he's not going to be this single, he's not going to single-handedly transform this team into a title contender again. As much as I think he's good enough to maybe make it a top four team again, it, it's, I don't think he's taken that full step. Because you look at all the issues in that midfield, maybe he takes some of the load off Fabinho because he's got that better energy. He doesn't solve Thiago's injury problems at all. He doesn't solve the fact that, you know, a lot of the deputies there are basically can't be counted upon for various reasons, whether that's inexperience, inconsistency, or, you know, maybe in, in the case of Henderson, you know, being just a little bit kind of past it at this point. Um, so how much does he really solve? So I think the better solution is to be kind of comprehensive with it. And also you give yourself more money. I think this is something Neil Jones has mentioned because I scanned Twitter earlier. Give yourself more money to address centre-back as well, which is an area that Liverpool have to invest in this summer, really. Um, so we don't know when the exact decision was made. I do think that um, fans have every right to be disappointed and angry in equal measure um, because it's a mess, really. Um, and whichever, whenever the new sporting director comes in and the, the fact that he hasn't come in yet, the fact that Liverpool have ended up in this position with Bellingham and all the other stuff that's gone on this season proves that Liverpool are no longer a well-run club until they can pr- prove otherwise. Um, I think, you know, the, who, whenever that director comes in, they just need to sort, sort this mess out. And the last thing I'll say on this before we move on is this club needs a big victory soon. And it could be an on-field victory or off-field, but ever since last May, it's just been complete disarray on and off, on and off the pitch, honestly. Um, and and th- things have unraveled at an unbelievable speed. So, Dan, like I said earlier, I want to touch on um, possible alternatives before yeah. we finish, and um, we'll just go through some of those quickly. But is there any sort of final word you want to give on on the sort of Bellingham um, side of things? Yeah, no. Only to say, I think you're dead right in terms of what he does and doesn't solve. I think, I've already said, I've waxed Liverpool about him for a long time now. A phenomenal footballer. Gutted that we will miss out on him. Hopeful that he just stays at Dortmund for a year and waits for us. That's my overriding hope in all of this. Um, and listen, there's a chance that happens. There really is. It wouldn't be the most satisfactory outcome. That would have been this summer. But mm-hmm. if he just sits tight and waits for us, that'll do for me for now. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in terms of what he doesn't solve because... Although he would offer a hell of a lot to our midfield, him alone doesn't fix everything. And actually, in a positional sense, you could argue that the position he'd come in and play, which is probably one of the eights, sort of the attacking role, isn't our biggest weakness right now. Our biggest weakness this season has been Fabinho, you'd probably have to say. The midfield department generally, but if yeah. you dug a little bit deeper, it's probably Fabinho. So you're probably looking at you need a defensive midfielder. So you go and buy Bellingham for 120, 130. And you've got 20, 30 million left lap budget that we spoke about. What's a 25 million, 30 million pound defensive midfielder look like these days? Like, you don't get me wrong, by the way, on that. You can strike lucky and find yourself a very good one. But generally speaking, that doesn't get you a lot, does it? Definitely not. And um, the good news for Liverpool is that there is an exciting list of, of alternatives. And as I, I was writing an article earlier today, and players like Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Diogo Jota, none of those were first choice targets for Liverpool. Um, Klopp infamously wanted Julian Brandt before Mo Salah. Um, so as much as it, you know, Bellingham's likely to be a superstar wherever he goes, if that isn't Liverpool, um, we can still hold our hope that we we bring in a player who can kind of make a similar sort of success of their Anfield career. So Dan, I'm going to throw 10 names at you here. 
Um, and you don't need to worry too much about going into the merits of each one. Just kind of hearing them. If you could pick out three that you'd sign this summer uh, for Liverpool, and obviously um, with a, maybe an element of realism in there, because there's probably combinations of three that would be un- unaffordable. Um, who you'd kind of go for, what would be your ideal sort of setup. So here's the names. Uh, Nicolo Barella, Moises Caicedo, Alexis McAllister, Mason Mount, Ryan Gravenberch, Mateus Nunez, Conor Gallagher, João Polina, Tayan Coopminers, and Lucas Suchic. So if I, if you if you could have three of those, what are you thinking? I want McAllister. I definitely want McAllister, and he's probably going to cost you sixty million at least. Yeah, yeah, I think sixty. But I want a DM. Which of those are Caicedo was in there, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so that's the thing. I think Caicedo, Polina are probably the two that you're looking at on that list and saying that they can play the number six for you. Do you know what? I'd take Palinia then in that case. I would. I'd take McAllister because I think he'd be a bit cheaper as well. You'd probably get Palinia for like a 30 or 40 at this stage, something mm. like that. And then that leaves your money probably. I love Berea, but he's probably going to take us off budget. Go Mason Mount. Go on, Mason Mount. You see. Barella's my number one alternative. Yeah. Um, amazing player. There's some what's noise that cost? what's he going to cost? There's, there's some noise that Inter might be willing to, of of not willing, but forced to sell him for sort of forty fifty. Melissa Reddy's kind of cited a report about that. I don't know if it's actually come from her or not, but I think there's some noise in Italy that Inter are in a bit of a sticky financial situation. So if you can if you can get you know Barella for fifty million, I mean you're absolutely flying there. Um, if not him, I think Mount would be. You know if he is sort of. 80, 90 million himself, Varela. I think Mount for that sort of role on the right the right side of the eight role where Bellingham would be. Mm-hmm. I think Caicedo as a number six. Um, and to be fair then, I think at that stage, I'm happy with someone who can just kind of compete with Thiago, really. Like, I don't need Thiago to be replaced in the starting lineup. Like, mm-hmm. when, it, when he's fit, I'm happy for him to start. I just need someone who can kind of emulate his skill set, really and sort of slot in there. I mean, the one, whether you're looking at anyone on this list that kind of really sticks out from that standpoint, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd love McAllister as well. We're not going to get two of Brighton's. <laughs> We're not going to get two of Brighton's no, midfielders, to be fair. Can I, can I add um, Declan Rice to this equation? Yeah. Because I've yeah. got a thing for him. Not in terms of, I, I, I really like him as a player, yeah. but I've just got this hunch that he's going to be moving on, isn't he? And they've actually yeah. got a weird sort of, a sort of situation playing out in my head whereby Arsenal will probably go for both Rice and Caicedo and whichever one they miss out on it sounds yeah. ridiculous from a Liverpool perspective but we should go for the other one mm. and that could well be Rice and I think you pick him up for quite not cheap but West Ham wanted 100, 120 million that's not going to happen yeah. he's got a year left on his deal much like Mount they might go down as well well they could know, go down yeah. even then yeah. Yeah. so yeah I'd, I'd be all over Declan Rice yeah, I think I was going to add Rice to the list, but I thought it was already getting a bit lengthy okay. at 10. But but yeah, so I mean, the ones I'm looking at are sort of Barella slash Mount and then um, Caicedo, I think, and then sort of that LCM, just kind of a, a decent backup for, for Thiago in, in there, really. Um, and then, you know, if we do that and we turn up to whoever we play at the start of next season and we've got kind of, you know, a fully fit team and we've got a midfield of um, Caicedo, Mount, Thiago, I kind of like a ch- like our chances still. To be fair, oh, yeah. it's not Bellingham, but that 
could make a huge difference. Um, and obviously, hopefully, have the depth um, improved as well. But yeah, I think that'll about wrap us up for this one, Dan. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please remember to give us a five star review um, and follow the podcast and uh, press notification button as well so you get a message every time we post an episode. We'd really appreciate all of that. Um, similar for YouTube as well. Remember to like, uh, comment, and subscribe. And we have got an email address too. Um, Red to restrict the podcast at gmail.com. But yeah, we'll be back as we actually plan to um, after the Leeds game next week for our next episode. But yeah, we just had to react to this. Um, obviously, huge news for Liverpool. But yeah, um, hopefully we can all kind of get over this and still recover our excitement for the window. Um, I will be with you every step of the way, obviously, during, during the summer. So yeah, um, until then, until the next episode, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you next time.